joined by Susan Bebet from our third party claims department. Thanks for, for joining us, uh, Susan. Thank you for having me. So yeah, I think most of our listeners and viewers are aware of a third party claim that one can institute after a motor vehicle accident. But maybe you can just in principle explain, you know, when can you claim, um, etc. Um, the Section 17 of the Road Accident Fund Act actually stipulates perfectly uh, well within the parameters of who can claim and who cannot. So, for instance, um, I'm just going to, out of memory, cite the Act. I hope I can remember everything. So, Section 17 um, stipulates that the fund uh, must compensate um, any person um, for uh, damages or loss caused uh, by an accident due to negligent driving. Or wrongful act of a driver. So it's related to a motor vehicle yes. um, accident, in other words, someone driving a motor vehicle. That's one of a the motor vehicle, important um, requirements. Any obviously. place in the Republic of South Africa. Yes. So anyone that suffers damage, injuries, or loss of support, loss of income can claim. But the, you must prove wrongfulness and negligence inside of the other driver. Okay. Yes. And how is this third party fund, the road accident fund, financed uh, one often hears or sees in the news that it's uh, it's all them, that there's not enough money uh, so where do they get their money from uh, i must say the the raf did struggle uh, during COVID uh, because um, the raf's funding comes from the fuel levy it's currently two rand and 18 cents per liter for petrol and diesel and um, the raf gets compensated for every liter that gets sold so during COVID, there was people didn't travel as much, so the RF had had some issues apart from the other issues that we know of, misspending and and so forth. But the insolvency as such is then actually not such a big problem because there's a constant income as you know people buy petrol and diesel yes. and the the, the levy is, is paid over to the RF. Okay, but let's maybe get to the case that we actually wanted to discuss uh, today. And maybe you can first give us the facts. Okay, so the facts is okay. This is a very important, um, interesting case for me. Uh, the facts are as follows. So the accident occurred on the 21st of June 2014. And the deceased at the time just, he only sustained orthopedic injuries. Um, the claim was lodged by his attorneys against RAF. They issued summons. They sent him to medical legal experts, um, orthopedic surgeon, occupational therapist, and a clinical psychologist. Um, but unfortunately, in December 2016, he committed suicide. So that was two and a half years after the accident. After his family, his wife, um, lost a claim for loss of support for her and the minor children. Um, so that claim was instituted, summons was issued, and so forth. Um, then what happened uh, further was that the plaintiff had to, now the, the deceased wife, she's a plaintiff, she had to prove uh, on a balance of probabilities that his suicide is a direct cause mm. of the injuries he sustained in that accident mm -hmm. in You mentioned earlier that you have a third-party claim if the loss results from the driving of a motor vehicle. Yes. So obviously it could now be argued that the driving of the motor vehicle didn't cause his death. It was what happened in between the suicide. Yes. That there was a new intervening act. Yes. Yes. Okay. So the court also had to look at the question 
Was there a nexus, a legal nexus between the suicide and the injuries he sustained? Mm. So did the injuries cause um, a psychological condition or psychiatric condition that caused him to commit suicide? Mm. Okay. And, and, and the outcome, I, I, I'm sure everybody's been curious to know. So did the court find that they could claim? So was it uh, not too far away from the motor vehicle accident or did they say no, the suicide came in between, so there is no claim? Unfortunately, the court found that there is no, they, they cannot claim. Um, the, the plaintiff, which is now the, the wife, could not prove um, the nexus between the suicide and the injuries. Um, the, the evidence wasn't enough. So to give you an example, uh, she testified, she was very honest, um, to be true. She testified that he never suffered from depression, mm. never, not even before the accident or after the accident. His mm. mother also testified she had a very close relationship with him. And she also testified that she never saw any signs of depression. Um, the, the wife also admitted during her, test, her testimony that they had an argument the morning of his suicide. That's also a clear indication that there could be an intervening event. Mm. Or yeah. novice up this intervenience. Yes, that's phrase. Yes. So, so I think we referred to causation, eh? whether there's that nexus that you referred to, causation between the act as such and the loss that was suffered, or was there something that happened in between that actually meant that there is no was there close break? enough causation between what initially happened and yeah. loss that was suffered. So maybe you can give us other examples of where uh, people were not able to prove causation or were maybe able to prove uh, causation uh, as such, in other words, the link is close enough or not? Yes, I actually have two Supreme Court of Appeal cases. The first where they could prove the causation, um, it's a RAF case, coincidentally it's RAF, uh, the RAF versus Russell, where uh, the evidence was clear enough that the, um, the deceased uh, did not suffer from depression before the accident and the brain injury sustained in this accident clearly caused the condition his depression that caused his suicide. Okay. To give an example, his wife um, found him on the house of his, uh, on the roof of his house one day, mm. and he was admitted into a psychiatric um, hospital, and after that he committed suicide. So it's actually a similar set of facts, but in this Very case similar. the court said no, there's enough evidence that it's actually the motor vehicle accident that caused the depression, that caused the suicide consequently, and therefore they were successful. Yes. So, so yeah, depends on the facts, as we now, now mentioned. And so you, you could actually succeed with such a claim. You so if the motor vehicle accident leads to a suicide, you can prove that it's close enough, then you will succeed. Correct. Okay. So the second case is um, State versus Mokheti. Um, in this case, a bank robber shot a bank teller through his spine. He was uh, paraplegic after the incident. Um, he subsequently recovered from his injuries. He returned back to, to work six months after the incident he, uh, he passed away mm. due to subsenia. Mm. The evidence before the court was that um, he was told by uh, his doctors that he needs to uh, shift his position and he needs the correct um, cushioning in his wheelchair to prevent precious uh, sores from, from forming. Mm. And he did not um, adhere to his doctor's advice. And due to, due to that, he, he um, uh, got precious sores and subsequently passed away. Okay. So the court said there's no causal connection between the, the incident and the death. So the bank robbers were not um, guilty of murder.
Interesting, yeah. Yes. So he should have limited his damages by doing what needs to be done yes. to stabilize, make sure that he uh, doesn't pass away, etc. Okay, I think uh, that clarifies uh, this interesting court case. So thank you, uh, Sun, and thank you for uh, listening and watching. That's all we have uh, time for today. Remember, our email address is info at vvd.co.za. Thanks for uh, listening. Uh, make sure that you tune in again next week, Wednesday, between 3 o'clock and 4 o'clock, and then also on Friday evenings.